0: This is Food First Michigan on 760 WJR. Sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food secure state and by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson.
1: Welcome everyone and thanks for listening. Ken Novus discovered the challenges of Michigan's food insecure families and went to work. Ken discerned, as he learned more that the most of the families who come to the Feeding America food banks have someone in their household who is employed full-time. At the same time, he heard from us that the most requested item from people who visit our 2,000-strong pantry network is fluid milk. Ken had heard all he needed to know to go to work. And the next thing I knew, I was invited to attend the Michigan Milk Producers Association Conference. And as you'll hear later, I'm not often caught off guard, but he did it that day when he made an announcement of an enormous gift of fluid milk to the food banks across Michigan. Food banks are always innovating to meet the need in the community. We've taught ourselves how to distribute fresh produce, and with this donation of milk, it was a catalyst for us learning how to store, distribute fluid milk, while building the necessary infrastructure across our pantry network to support this innovation. Ken has served with me on the Governor's Food Security Council and his knowledge and practical perspective made the Food Security Council and me better. He is my friend, he is a friend to the food banks, but it is true, he is a friend to the families who struggle under the toxic stress of food insecurity. Ken Novas joins Jerry and me next. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for listening. As promised, Ken Novus is with us today. Ken Novus, uh, the former director for the Michigan Milk Producers Association, board chair board member for I don't know geez Ken 27 years or something I heard the other night That's correct
0: 27 years.
1: That's awesome. And Ken uh, means a lot to us Jerry in the food bank world because he was a catalyst for change and that we really learned how to distribute one of the most requested items in all of our pantries which is fresh fluid milk
2: and unearthing what opportunity there is and was and continues to be there to help the dairy industry as well as the food banking industry reach a higher potential. I mean, there's so much good that has come out of your advocacy for this, Ken. I I mean, it's hard to even know exactly where to start, and that's why you have to start us off. You have to tell us, how did you get to, to, to be the king of milk, and then uh, and then, what got you interested in making this connection between the milk producers and the food banks?
0: Well, to start off, um, the milk king is, is a elevated moniker for me because <laughs> that was a team effort uh, all the way around. The, the original, well, I'll try to make a long story short. This all really came about because of the, the uh, water crisis in Flint, and uh, Sheila Burkhart and I attended a meeting with one of the uh, MSU Extension, well, the director of MSU Extension at the time, Jeff Dwyer. And at that meeting, as kind of a sidebar discussion, we discovered how much help milk could be to help control the effects of that lead uh, poisoning that uh, the people in Flint had uh, unfortunately been subject subjected to. And uh, when we found that out, that was in an afternoon meeting, and by uh, 5 o'clock that afternoon, Sheila and I decided that MMPA could help uh, get some milk into Flint in that crisis. And, uh, of course, we had to get board approval, but by noon the next day, we had board approval. They were all for it. We had enlisted help from the Kroger company from the Food Bank uh, Council of Michigan because one thing we didn't want to happen is to see that milk that we were going to contribute to help the people in Flint be uh, used for some other purposes and we recognized the value of having the Food Bank Council involved because the Food Bank Council knew who the people in need were and they could best efficiently facilitate the delivery of milk to those people the Kroger Company at that time um, volunteered to process milk and get, help get it delivered to the warehouse in Flint. Our MMPA members uh, volunteered to contribute the milk free of charge at that point in time. And so we got that was our first step like, to get milk um, elevated and in the food bank system and the food bank since then has actually gone forward and gotten uh, more refrigeration, so it facilitates the wider spread use of, of milk. And uh, it's, it's, it's a partnership that continues today and it will continue on into the future. And not only is it a partnership here in Michigan, but it is spread nationwide. Um, I actually had a phone call just out of the blue a year ago from Gerard um, Matthews from the, the um, Food Bank Council, and uh, just to, just to check and see how things are going in Michigan, and thanking us again for being a catalyst for change to get milk into the system. It's um, as we understood it then, and we keep hearing that today. Milk is the most sought-after uh, product when people go to the food bank to get food supplies. And we, of course, being in the dairy business, are very positive about the value of milk. We know that it is; it provides a lot of essential nutrients, protein. And um, we just want to do our part. I'd have to say that, yes, um, Phil, you mentioned that it's a benefit to both sides, and it is it's a benefit to the dairy producers if we can make people aware of the value of milk. They're going to buy more milk uh, for their families in the future. That initial uh, move, though, to get milk into Flint was, was, had nothing to do with financial interest at all. It was just to help people in Flint and overcome to
2: lead to you know, it's amazing. It, 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 when you start off doing the right things how much it can build and grow I mean one of, one of Dr. Phil's favorite sayings is healthy things grow and uh, and we use that all the time because I believe it I mean I, and I want to give a shout out to UDIM for a minute here too because they sure helped us with that downstream uh, problem of getting enough refrigeration in a number of ways and uh, and of course we continue to work with with all these people who who care about getting the community what they need and and milk, of course, you know why do people want it? Well, it's healthy and convenient, right? And so it's an easy thing for for families to have to give their kids. It's it's filling, um, you know. There's and and well there's so many reasons that that it's a it's a product that's requested uh, quite a bit um, and of course we are there's a mix now of donated and purchased milk but even when we do purchase the milk um, the the everyone in the food supply chain tries to give us the best possible price it still helps everyone but uh, but obviously they're they're doing it at the lowest possible cost for the food banks and so uh, so all of that has contributed to I mean, just in southeast Michigan, we're doing 15 truckloads of milk every month, 15 full 50-foot semis full of milk. And, uh, and you know what? It's uh we think that program is gonna continue to grow based on not only the numbers of people coming for assistance, which have grown quite a bit actually in the last six or eight months, but also because um the, it's it's a it's a it's a Michigan product that, that, you know, if if the dairy producers know we need it, they're gonna make
1: it. That's for sure. I was just thinking about listening to you tell the story of um about Flint and the kids in Flint that were exposed to lead and the effects that the positive effects that milk could have with them um, you know i I think just a little bit of a, a philosophical side of Dr. Phil here is that there are our lives are made up of of, of many different moments um, I think there's ten thousand and eighty minutes in every week, but every once in a while there comes a moment that gives us the opportunity for significance. And as I said at your retirement party recently, you were ready for this moment. All that you'd been through in your life and your career and, 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 and who you are as a man and as a leader, as a person, you were ready for this moment. And there is a generation of kids. That were exposed to something horrific, that you were able to marshal your team and the entire Michigan Milk Producers Association, find the right partners at MSU Extension, at the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan, and put this collaborative work together to help negate the effects of lead poisoning in this generation of children. And if that's not a moment of significance for a leader in their life, I'm not sure which one is. So I think uh, the two words I have for you is, thank you. Thank you for being ready for that moment.
0: It was a very gratifying moment. I would grant you that. It was an awesome team that we were able to put together, a team that still works collaboratively today. And, yeah, I actually get chills when I think about it because we we did do something right for a lot of people. And we will continue to do those things for a lot of people. And I thank you for the kind words very much.
1: Well, they're true, and they're heartfelt, and I appreciate it. And I'm happy to be able to celebrate you at your retirement party recently. But I'll tell you what we'd like to do is take a quick break here and then come back and talk about a little bit more of the work that we've been able to do together and how you stumped me one time and made me speechless, which our (laughs) listeners will know is a rare occasion. (laughs) He's Ken Novus. That's Jerry Brisson. I'm Dr. Phil Knight. And we're all three back with you in just a moment.
0: contact the Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org. Now back to more Food First Michigan
1: with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Thanks, everyone, for being with us. We're back here with Ken Novus, Jerry Brisson, myself, Dr. Phil Knight. And, Ken, we're um, talking a little bit about milk today. You've served in the Michigan Milk Producers Association in a variety of roles, but one of the roles that I remember is... um, you, you snuck one over on me. You invited me and our entire board of directors, all the food bankers from Michigan, uh, from our seven Feeding America food banks, and we attended your conference, and you brought me up on stage and made me speechless.
0: Do you remember that day? I certainly do, and I remember the significance of making you speechless. <laughs> it is, it is.
1: You are in a very short and distinguished group of people who've been able to do that in my years. <laughs> so, uh, folks, what Ken did as the head of the Michigan Milk Producers Association was bring me up on the stage and uh, our food bankers as well and give an announcement that the association had decided to begin to donate a significant amount of fluid milk and cheese to us every day. And at that time, I think, Ken, it was 350 gallons of milk every day and 50 pounds of cheese. And I was just shocked. Just, just the enormous value, economic value of that gift, and, but really the value that was behind it that you really wanted to be our partner and come alongside of these uh, Michigan families that uh, that live under that toxic stress of food insecurity?
0: Um, you, you know, that I represented a group of dairy farmers in the state of Michigan. And what amazed me, didn't really amaze me, didn't surprise me at all because I know how they feel. They were all in on that, on, on giving the milk to the food bank council because they recognize the value of the product, and they recognize the service that the food bank council provides. So it was, uh, it was extremely gratifying from many viewpoints. From for me.
2: Well, it was a time, if I recall, where because of trade mitigation, I think we were, we were in the middle of trade mitigation when this happened, if I, and I might get that wrong. Trade mitigation might have come a little later, later. but, uh, but the, one of the biggest markets for Michigan milk producers uh, was devastated during that time. And so there was some struggles there that they were going through themselves, and in spite of that... Mm they decided they wanted to step up and do something for the people we serve. And, I, I mean, I again, maybe my memory's a little off there. Maybe that, maybe that happened at, well, that at a later Well, that makes a great time. story, though, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's, I do know that during trade mitigation, the Michigan milk producers stepped up for our hungry neighbors. I know that for sure. I just can't remember if it was in proximity to this event. Do you remember, Ken?
0: Oh, it was exactly in proximity to it. We had, uh, because of the trade issues, we had... The, the value, the, our pay price was was uh, very low. We were not making money, but that at the same time, the the producers were a hundred percent behind. Of supporting the food bank and giving milk to them,
2: and it's just important. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just to when you think about how generous people are, and and how inspirational that moment was. Right? It it was all part and parcel of what was happening at that time, and uh, and I just remember thinking to myself, "Wow, man! When when people know that something they're doing is going to make a difference, how how willing they are to do." more than what you would ever imagine. I mean, I, I, it was an amazing moment. I was happy to see Phil speechless. Um, <laughs> it, it hasn't happened on the radio show yet, but, you know, I, I keep working at it. I just keep talking over him, I guess.
1: We live in hope.
0: <laughs> well, you know, that story goes a little further because we can't just simply give milk away. We actually have to pay to get it processed before we give it away. right Oh. So it isn't just that we're giving a product away. We're investing money in that product to give it away.
1: Right. And some great partners to help us do that.
0: Yeah, uh, we had partners.
1: Yeah, I'm, I am I remember that distinctly. And you your uh, linear calendar memory, Jerry, is working because <laughs> Ken has confirmed it, but it was right in the height of uh, trade mitigation. And those were difficult days. And, you know, so Definitely. what strikes me is that, here you have producers that are giving out of uh, conviction rather than abundance. This is the right thing to do. We're going to do that, and well put. And whether it was easy or whether it was hard, you know, in, a, in an economic sense, they were still committed to do the right thing, even when it was hard. And that's that's a compliment, Ken.
0: And we will accept it because you're very, you're right. You're 100 percent correct.
1: So Ken, um you know, you've retired now from the from the Michigan Milk Producers Association, but I don't think you're fully retired. At least that's what your wife was telling me the other day. Oh. With a uh, hopeful still- look.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that look.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's been on the receiving are- <laughs> end of that look. <laughs>
0: You know, I like what I'm doing. I've got a good group of people working for us here. I've got a – it's uh, – I'm healthy, I like what I'm doing. Uh, and, you know, the job's not done. Uh, there's still an issue of food security. I don't intend to walk away from that. I intend to continue to work along those lines that uh, a lot of the food security issues are solved uh, through politics and through research to help people in poor countries grow enough food to feed their families. And we still have a ways to go to to resolve the issue. Food insecurity is uh, a bigger problem than what a lot of people realize.
1: Well, that's true, and those are inspiring words for us all to hear. And uh, I know you got your dairy farm there, and um, again, at your retirement party, it was, I think, a compliment for you and for your dear wife is that, that your family was there to see you and support you, your kids, your grandkids. They were all there. Uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a pretty special night. And, um, and I'm just thankful that you've invested your one handful of life in making a difference and having significance. I think we all want a little bit of success, but I think we all really do crave significance.
0: Thank you. That's all I can say. <laughs> it was you. You. Uh, you were. Uh, you, you made some really great remarks that night, and I greatly appreciate it. Uh, I've appreciated working with you and your food bank council, and what we've been able to do together. Like you said, this has been a partnership. It's been a team, and uh, that you know that team. When you look at what we're doing nationally, stretches all the way to Washington D.C. Sure. We had help from p- people there to help get uh, money to uh, help uh, help fund some of the milk purchases, or at least make them cheaper. So it's uh, it, it's it's really a testament to what you can do when you get a team put together and they work together.
1: That's right. He's Ken Nobis. He's our friend. He's our colleague, and he's our partner in this work to create a food secure Michigan. Ken, thanks for being our guest today.
0: Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it greatly.
1: Jerry and I will be back in just a moment.
0: Food first, Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here in our WJR studio. And Jerry Ken Novus, quite the, uh, the man who was ready for the moment.
2: And a wonderful gentleman to know. I mean, you know, and I'm, I'm so glad um, that his, that the event honoring him for his life work was uh, was spectacular because he, he certainly earned it in a life of great work. And still working, you know, still running the dairy farm and, and making sure, you know, all that's, you know, going for the best and highest purpose. So what a great guy.
1: Yeah, he, he was great. It was a great event to honor him. 27 years at the Michigan Milk Producers Association, different, varieties. But, you know, we talked about Flint and, um, you know, I think you have a, 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 a an explanation here of why that was so significant to get fluid milk into the city during the the exposure, the water crisis to lead.
2: Yeah, so access to healthy food is one of the challenges that food banks have, right? It's it's the, how do we make sure everyone that needs healthy food has access to it? In the lead crisis, there was an added dimension, and that is there are certain foods that keep your body from absorbing lead. And and those are foods with vitamin C, iron, and calcium. Mm-hmm. And of course, milk has, has a and other dairy products as well have a tremendous amount of calcium calcium and so at the time it was available And the the Flint Food Bank, who's, you know, uh, the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan, a tremendously well-run food bank. And uh, Kara Ross, who was running it at the time, who's had a—I mean, I can't even talk about all the ways that she was involved in helping during that crisis. But one of the ways was making sure milk could be distributed. And, of course, it's food that kids like and parents like and want. And as Ken said, one of the number one requested items. So to apply— Uh, a product that everybody wants and needs to a problem that everybody's having and make it all work out. Got to give a huge shout out again to Kara Ross and the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan for how they managed all that. But that's why it was so important at the time to get that milk up into Flint.
1: Yeah, and it did. It had that ability to maybe not negate, but certainly lessen the exposure to lead that was happening there. But, you know, the partnership has... Has grown, and again, I see it as a catalyst for positive change for us as our network. Um, I'm not saying that we never had distributed fresh milk, but not anything like what we're able to do today. Right, right. Well, you know, um, when when resources become
2: available to solve a problem someplace, it excites everybody everywhere. Right. I mean, and more people come to the table and say, "Hey, we could do that." Is that if that's helping up there? You know, that's not a problem that's that's only exists in Flint. There's a lot of communities that struggle with lead and, and how to manage it, and so it, it really, you know, not just for the lead mitigation uh, reason, but for the getting. People the food that they want and need in a reasonable way. Well, you started to see people problem solve. You know, how do we get more refrigeration in our in our network of over two thousand partners so that they can have milk on hand when people come? It's a problem that had to be solved, but as we learned the significance of it. People are willing to solve it and, and come to the table and partner with us and keep moving the ball downfield, if you will. And so, yeah, the, it's amazing how much the, the availability and access to healthy food
1: overall, but particularly milk, has grown since then. Yeah, and it's grown us. Yeah. It's made us better and different and allowed us to do more than we'd ever done before, particularly in this category of fresh fluid milk. Uh, but it took an investment it took an investment of time it took an investment of of priority it took an investment of payment i mean we had there had to be investment in in the down the line the pantry network that so many people depend on in their community so you know it just didn't oh oh, here's the milk, and like Ken said, it's just not like we're giving it to you right out of the cow <laughs> right <laughs> I mean right. there's a couple of steps here to get this thing uh you know they get this product ready for consumption and then i think too we would be remiss to not talk about the highest value that food banks have and i think fluid milk illustrates it probably better than anything and that's food safety yeah
2: you know the the speed with which we can turn around a gallon of milk is down to less than a day hmm. right it, we generally speaking our milk trucks come in uh, in the afternoon and they go out the next morning. And that milk is distributed with the longest possible shelf life. Right. So, so that's not only food safety, it's food quality. It's, it's you know, quite amazing how once, once something becomes important, you can really drive the highest value out of it by just, you know, practicing
1: good uh, business practices. Well, and let's think about The recipient for just a moment, if it is indeed one of the most requested items across the network, both not just Michigan but nationally, is what we understand. And you're turning around and you're giving people who are struggling with less more, and you're not giving them, as you said, you can turn it around inside of a day, less than a day. So what? When you're the recipient, what are you thinking? Because food communicates. Value. Without a doubt. And, and people
2: do. They're so grateful. I mean, the people we serve are amazing. I will tell you, I know I say this a lot, but I believe the people we serve are worth investing in. They, they can do so many tremendous things. And when we can buoy their spirit as well as their health, that is a, you know, it's just a great moment. I mean, I one of the things my staff ask me all the time is, what more can I do? And you know what I tell them? Go. To where our partners are distributing food. Volunteer. Help. See what it's like when people come and get help. And it will change your life. It'll change your mind. You will really develop not only a genuine respect for the people as you get to meet them and hear their stories, but you'll also get a completely different internal feeling about the value of the work. It's not just about numbers and what are the success stories. It's about the quality of life for people that you've enabled right there and how much people just say, I'm just so grateful and, you know, you know people's lives are better. It is a powerful, powerful experience. And it's what drives the inspiration for the work on a daily basis.
1: Yeah. And well, we talk about this and have talked about it for a number of years that food, it, we use food to communicate value to people. And when we're giving them what they requested, what they want and need, um, then it can't help but have a positive impact on their life to say that, you know, and hopefully they people understand that this is this is way more than charity. This is about investment, investment in people's lives so that they can, uh, can, can be relieved from that toxic stress. And as, as we say, hunger in that household can come off the table and it gets replaced with access to the healthy food that people want and need. Now, what happens after that? Well, there's stability, there's empowerment, there's health, and there's economic impact did I get those right?
2: You got them right. You know, I'm impressed. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job now. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Oh, my God. Phil's taking over. He knows it all. Oh, dang it. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> no, that's not true. But-
2: it's not true. And, and I will say this. We, we obviously work together on so many different topics, but, but this is probably one of the most significant um, reasons to, to do the work is because it matters. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it seems like such a simple thing to say, but it matters more than just today. It matters in the long term. You know, do you want kids to learn? Yes or no. Do you want young adults to become entrepreneurs and go to college? Yes or no. These aren't complicated questions. Do you want the people you're working with to be happy or grumpy? I mean, it's just such a... These are all ways that being properly nourished changes the world around you, and it's just so easy to take for granted. Or to look at the things that aren't happening and just say, see, they're still not happening. Well, yes, they are happening. There, there's a lot of good happening all the time around you. It's just a matter of where do you look to see it? And we look to the people we serve and see those good things happening all the time.
1: Correct. Correct. Jerry, we've got to take a quick break here and come back for our last segment together. And um, it's, it's, uh, I like this show. I like having Ken on, particularly at this point of his career, this moment in his career. And um, it's, it's a great topic to talk about the value of the work and the difference it makes in people's lives. He's Jerry Brisson. I'm Dr. Phil Knight. We're back with you. Come back and be with us. Jerry and I are back. Jerry, um, we're talking about in the last segment there the reaction that people have when they receive the food that they want and need. They've requested fluid milk. We heard them. Here's how, now it's here. It's got to make them feel pretty good. But yet, there's a lot of work on the other side of this work of distribution of food that families need. On the other side, there's this work that we talk about it in terms of root cause. Uh, and that work's important. You know, why are families struggling? Why are they have someone who's full-time employed and yet they have more month than they do money? Low unemployment rate, three and a half percent, but yet people are still standing in our lines and going to our pantries. So, so there is, a, there is a, a, almost a, a movement to say we should do root cause work, which I believe in and I think is a role for the Food Bank Council to do root cause work, because at the Food Bank Council of Michigan, we're the state association. We don't own a truck. We don't have a warehouse. We have no drivers in our employment, unlike food banks. So I think there's a way to do this work that addresses root causes while still having the impact that the families want and need. And they cannot be mutually exclusive.
2: Yeah, I think that's right, Doctor. I mean, one of the things I firmly believe is that the people we serve are going to be part of the solution for addressing those root causes, the root causes of injustice, the root causes of poverty, the root causes of lack of opportunity, um, that the people we serve are going to be part of the solution. They're not part of the problem. They're part of the solution. And I, I know I say that a lot. The reason I say it is because if you want to genuinely address root causes, you have got to take care of the people who need to be part of the solution. Right. You can't take 42 million Americans and say, we don't have to take care of you now because we're going to solve uh, uh, the problem of injustice. Wait a minute. You just took 42 million people off the table because now all they can worry about is do they have enough to feed themselves and their kids? It doesn't make any sense to think that way. You have to do both and you have to, right? And so, but, but then you also have to be aware that the things you're doing are actually addressing the things you think they're addressing. And I think one of the big challenges of root cause work is to make sure that What you're doing to address the root cause is actually working. And at the same time, the world is changing around us. You know, injustice reinvents itself every generation. Right. So maybe slavery was the big injustice, you know, in the 1800s or the 1700s or, you know, there's still a lot of slavery in the world, by the way. I think I think I read somewhere recently and I should be able to quote this, but I can't, that there's actually more slavery in the world today than ever. Now that's partly just because of population growth, but that injustice hasn't been eradicated, right? It's been eradicated a lot of places, but not everywhere. So so you say, well, how else is injustice reinventing itself? How about the fact that we don't nourish our children even though we know they need it in order to succeed in school? That's injustice. How do you fix that, right? And and we know that it has long term consequences. So when we talk about root causes, it, it the issue can get very complicated very quickly, and so we've got to be clear that this is what the, the, the thing is that we want to change. These are the strategies we're going to use to change it, and did they work or didn't, and to keep iterating and learning and staying at it while taking care of people because it's the right thing to do,
1: and it's going to contribute to that success. Well, just to, just to grab your point there about injustice for children, thank God that the state of Michigan. Governor Whitmer's office, and this Michigan legislature has in, chosen to invest a significant amount of money um, in school meals for all. So kids have access to food for breakfast and lunch while they're in school. Now, now that's great, and we applaud it, and we applauded it recently at an event with Senator Sarah Anthony, the the um, Appropriations Chair for Michigan Senate. We've had Representative Angela Whitmer on, from the uh, house, appropriations for the house. W- w- this is a great investment. We love it. Now, the focus turns to the quality of the food that these kids are going to have access to. How does this program, with this money, make sure that we are, we are doing this at a high level of excellence and it's just not warmed over chicken dough?
2: <laughs> oh, you know you're on one of my rant topics I'm not going to go too far down that path Except to say, yes, the quality of the food matters Immensely it's, And
1: food banks can make a difference there And I'm just going to leave it there That's good, that's good Well, I just wanted to throw that out Now that the investment's been made That's great And that's that you can't do it without Now it's time to innovate Investment and innovation. Boy, that sounds like a great topic for a show there. Woo. Time for a little food for thought. It was Eudora Welty who said, the events of our lives happen in sequence, in time, but in their significance to ourselves, they find their own order of continuous thread of revelation. In other words, there are moments that occur throughout our lives that emerge to shape us in our character, and our destiny, and are directly tied to our significance. These moments never leave us. They are a part of us. We have no difficulty in remembering these moments because they have made us who we are and what we do. Ken Nobus found his moment, or his moment found him, and he rose to the occasion. Even during the afternoon of his life, The moment came and he was more than enough to rise to the opportunity, the challenge and find a deeper sense of significance. Success is fine, but it is fleeting and significant defines us and the quality of the life that we've lived. As I say in the uh, show earlier, there are 10,080 minutes in a week. Any of them could bring an opportunity to count, to matter, to make a difference. And that's why we hope your moment brings you to us, to the anti-hunger movement, where you can invest your time, talent, and treasure to make a difference with your one handful of life. The moments Jerry and I have had on our show help define our purpose, priorities, and principles that we live by. Like keeping food first, folks, food first.